You're listening to Data Plus Love Podcast, and this is day one of Tableau Conference 2022. So whether you are attending this conference in person or virtually like I am, this conference definitely looks different from ones we've seen before. Beyond the more obvious visible changes, like a much smaller stage, apparently according to those in attendance, it's closer to 3,500 than the 5,000 seats that were open, and also the general sales forcification of the visuals of the conference, both in terms of the stage size and format, as well as the forest imagery and sort of cartooniness of it all. Which is a preferential choice, right? Like those that have been in the data fam for quite some time, will be more probably interested in these sort of vivid lines and bars uh, imagery of previous conferences. If this is your first one ever, this is all that you've ever seen, and this might be the coolest thing ever. That's neither here nor there. I'm talking about the format of the conference in general, especially the format of day one. Traditionally, day one would be a big kickoff from the CEO, in this case, CEO Mark Nelson of Tableau, as well as a keynote speaker of significance like the guys from Freakonomics or Neil deGrasse Tyson or something along those lines. This year, the format has been changed up a bit, and instead of doing devs on stage in day two, it was advanced for it to happen in day one. In addition, we saw three different customer testimonies, JetBlue, Standard Chartered, which is a bank, and Feeding America, rather than sort of having that keynote speaker instead. So the thrust of day one being the CEO delivery, as well as the consumer testimonies, and then getting into some of the new features that are coming, which is always one of the biggest highlights of the conference. So we're lucky that we get to talk about this on day one. So the very first thing in the conference was a kind of silly song that ultimately went on to introduce Andy Cotgreave to the stage. This felt like a bit of a rocky start. The data fam in general, and again, I'm speaking for the most engaged super fans, not the sort of casual observer who sort of once a year has an in-world relationship with Tableau, but the people that are invested throughout the year and they're sort of the evangelists uh, in their own circles. We're used to like a different kind of fun. And I think it's Lindsay Betzendahl, my good friend, who said it. Um, when Rockstar Astro was rolled out as the new mascot of Tableau. Tableau previously not having had a mascot, we figured this would probably be coming sooner or later because Salesforce sort of has this stable of little cartoon characters that represent different aspects of the key brand or the different sub-brands. And we're all kind of surprised when uh, basically the Tableau mascot is Astro, the Salesforce mascot, just sort of uh, glammed up a bit. He's got a guitar and a headband and stuff, so it's like Rockstar Astro. And I want to talk about that, but I also want to talk about what Lindsay said, which was when this rollout was made and we saw the Salesforce imagery for the conference and everything, she said, you know, I'm like an adult. I want to have adult fun. And this feels like kid fun. And I think that kind of sums up my sentiment about a lot of these Salesforce style branding. It's not necessarily a reflection on Salesforce as a company and their you know, their, the quality of their products or, I don't know, their corporate uh, ethics or anything. But it's the cartooniness of it, especially if it is now sort of being introduced into your ecosystem and it is a foreign thing to you, comes off as very juvenile and just kind of kitty. And I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm sure a lot of people love it. And I'm sure a lot of new people that are ultimately on board on this will never know the difference. Um, and that's that's fine. I get it. That's kind of what the strategy has to be when you're evolving as a sort of corporation. 
But I think another reason that Rockstar Astro didn't resonate with the Tableau community when it launched, beyond the fact that I did describe it as a sloppy seconds mascot, so essentially you're just getting the same mascot as someone else, just sort of locally branded to you, but also the fact that he was Data Rockstar Astro. And Data Rockstar is a term that I think has become a little more loaded over the years than when it first started. And I can see how Salesforce sort of got into this situation. There are Data Rockstar shirts that they sell at the Tableau store, right? People talk about, man, so-and-so is such a Data Rockstar, but they don't sort of see that it's also a loaded term. The Data Fam, the most engaged of the Tableau user community, that are the ones you know, clawing their way to the conference, the ones that were dying to be there if they're not there or sort of climbing the walls this week as they watch everyone else. Um, they are data rock stars in the sense that, yeah, they're super high performers. They're very passionate about their jobs and they're very good at what they do. But the dark side of data rock star is when, you know, someone within your organization calls you a data rock star. It's the same response as if someone sees the work that you just did and says, wow, you're like a wizard or what you do is magic. What they're meaning to say is that your work is really high quality. I'm amazed at what you do and I really appreciate this. It's an innocent comment from them. But the underlying part of it that they don't realize they're saying that you as the practitioner that put in the maybe weeks or months of effort into the project is that it's not magic. It's a lot of work, and it took a lot of years of experience and a lot of making the wrong mistakes, a lot of education, both by yourself and training and certifications, as well as the sort of knowing what not to do. So it's not just what you put on a page, it's what you don't, as well as tool mastery and a dozen other skills to get to that point where what you do looks effortless and amazing. So when we're called a data rock star, it's usually by someone that means something along those lines, and depending on what your organization is like and where you work, that might mean you are in the top X percent of performers, and many times workflows upstream to you. I can speak from my past experience at a previous job. I was one of the rock stars. I was one of the unicorns, and what that meant in actuality is the work of a lot of lower performing people, sometimes in entirely different divisions, flowed uphill to you. And you sort of became, you know, this cornerstone to the arch that is data. And you feel, you know, stuck and trapped. And that if you're unable to perform, or if you leave, God forbid, that you're going to be sticking someone that can't handle it with all the things that you've shouldered. So that's just my two cents on data rock star Astro. Everyone had an initial reaction, and it was something like when the Sonic the Hedgehog movie showed its early footage, and everyone looked at it and kind of like, ah, oh, that doesn't, it doesn't feel right. I don't know why. I can't say what it is, and that's kind of what I think the initial reaction is. And I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not trying to beat anyone up about that or anything. And I do want to say one more thing about Salesforce before I more move on and talk about the rest of the conference, because I know uh, for many in the data fam that are listening to it, we sort of had apprehension when Salesforce acquired Tableau. We've all experienced other companies that got acquired and then things got kind of weird. And obviously there is sort of a branding transition going on internally, right? Like when all of the conference materials came out for Tableau conference this year, there was a lot of uh, complaints online about the fact that we weren't seeing the Tableau logo anything. We were seeing lots of Astro and clouds, but we weren't seeing the Tableau sparkle. And there was some fear about sort of the Tableau identity. And in part that's, you know, due to the fact that we're, We've created this really unique data culture, 
And when we see small things change, it's easy to get concerned about the bigger picture. I, uh, I posted on Twitter two days ago that a couple months ago, I saw a guy in a trailblazer hoodie. And I went up and introduced myself saying that I was big into Tableau. Um, I was with my family at the park. We were out of town. I saw the trailblazer hoodie. I was actually wearing my black, you know, data hoodie from the Tableau conference. And I went up to, you know, talk to him and say, hey, you know, that's really cool that you're into the Salesforce. I'm into Tableau. And I, I said that and he, he kind of looked at me blankly. He didn't actually even know what I was talking about. And I, you know, we sort of transitioned away from the conversation. It didn't end up talking that long. And I was wondering, like, that was really weird. I don't understand that. But I understand that, like, in terms of uh, trailblazers to sort of Tableau data fam, it's like a 16 to 1. You know, it's a massive shift. And I wanted to say to the folks in the data fam that are listening that are concerned about, you know, sort of maybe the culture of the data fam being shaken up as we see some of these, you know, I would say cosmetic, but I think in many cases it goes deeper than that sort of superficial I don't know, visible changes uh, to how uh, things are operating that I do feel like Salesforce wants a good outcome and wants to listen. And I said that yesterday, you know, telling the story about how I think that, you know, this conference is a good chance to sort of bring trailblazers and the data fam closer together. And I do, and no one's paying me to say this. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not getting like a Salesforce job out of saying this or something. So whatever. I don't know that Rodrigo is joking with me about me selling out or whatever. But I'm saying this to say that I've actually been in talks with a lot of uh, pretty high Salesforce people in the past week or so after I went public on Tableau. I mean, on Twitter saying that neither Tableau or Tableau public follow me on Twitter, which, you know, I wasn't trying to like start a thing, but I just saw that one day. I'm like, how is it that Tableau follows 4,000 people? And I was talking with a couple of their visionaries, and I'm like, and they don't follow like the 50 people that they say are their champions. Like, what's the deal? And, you know, it kind of started a thing. And as a result, some Salesforce people started following me, and we've been talking more. And they really want to sort of get to know and understand what it is that drives the data fam community, like what makes all of this work. And I'm going to transition that into a one of the uh, sessions I saw briefly. Um, but I think they're trying to listen guys. So like, I would encourage you like say what's good, say what's not good, but like, don't waste what, you know, what voice you have on nitpicks, like stuff's going to change. Stuff's always going to change. And I think as long as we sort of stick to the most important things that make all of this worthwhile, that this can really be a win for everybody at the end of the day. So I go back to the beginning of the keynote. That's where all this started. You've been listening about 11 minutes now, by the way. And I thought the opening song was cringy. But then Andy Cockreave came out. And Andy Cockreave is obviously a shining star of Tableau as a company, as well as the community that surrounds it. Andy obviously being the chief Tableau evangelist, as well as co-author of the Big Book of Dashboards, is influential in data in general, not just at Tableau. He came out on the stage and was very sort of welcoming to the crowd there. And he also did shout outs to the community and the Tableau visionaries in general. And I know having some close friends there that are Tableau visionaries, like I myself am, a lot of them are really looking forward to be able to walk on the stage, which is sort of a tradition, uh, introducing the visionaries to the data fam. Because also it's, it's very aspirational to be able to see this stuff in public, realize it's a thing, and then say, hey, that's really cool. I'm kind of inspired by that. Maybe that's something I would like in my future someday. And I know they did a stand in the crowd thing, and it wasn't quite the same, which you know, again, uh, stuff changes here and there. I know a lot of people feel strongly about it. I don't know how I feel, guys. But look, it's just a thing. 
Anyway, back to actual content. So one of the big things that they talked about in the keynote this year was Tableau Cloud, which is Tableau Online has transitioned to be Tableau Cloud. And a lot of the reasoning behind this is that many orgs, up to 70% now, are starting in the cloud natively. So why not move more directly into the cloud? Uh, Tableau Cloud is available today, and it has about 100 or more accelerators in there that, depending on the different um, sort of data types you're accepting, you can sort of hook your data into it directly and sort of get some out-of-the-box dashboards, which, it, as someone that works in a massive technologically-oriented you know, organization, that's one of the sort of white whales of anything. Like, imagine if you could just have something that worked. So it'll be really interesting to see how it shakes out, but I think it's going to be exciting for a lot of people having some of those accelerators as pre-built dashboards that you could plug in natively to some of your different data sources. Another part of this is the multi-site management for Tableau Cloud, you know, making it much easier to manage uh, multiple portfolios at once. And then came data stories from Tableau. And when I first heard data stories, I thought of just the sort of stories feature within Tableau, which I don't think I've ever actually seen used effectively. I remember in a previous role at a different org, I had more than one sort of applicant for a job as part of a tech assessment, rather than making a dashboard, create a story and progress through it in Tableau. And I was almost always underwhelmed with what they made and how they choose to tell it, especially when when they're actually doing this job, they're going to have to make something that's you know more cohesive, where they're going to have to make choices about where to lay things out on the page and how the different elements of the dashboard interact and how many colors they're using at a time or which chart types and that sort of thing. So I was almost always disappointed in the past, but data stories for Tableau seems like it could be uh, an interesting new feature. And it seems like it's going up directly against ThoughtSpot. And the idea behind data stories, it's an automatic plain text description that you can get um, that would you know, work well on mobile as sort of an automated storytelling method where it gives you these plain text descriptions telling you what's actually happening and what is up over this and why and that sort of thing. Many of the descriptions that were shown looked a little verbose, um, which is a little bit of a concern for me, especially since many of the people that might be interested in this feature are sort of number adverse in the first place. So they're hoping that this is the thing that explains stuff to them. And it might if it's not too much information. I'm hoping in future versions of it, it can be used like a viz and tooltip feature where you can actually have visualizations that are driven, you know, created out of it as well besides just boxes of text because people that are already number adverse probably aren't going to read like two paragraphs full of numbers. That will be equally confusing. So finding something in the middle where you can do both I think is key. Another big thing that came out of this morning was uh, Model Builder, which is built atop of Einstein Analytics um, and will bring data modeling to business users. So predictive models would now be native in Tableau. And I can see a lot of upside and downside to this. And I think a lot of people using it, including myself, that aren't statisticians or firmly entrenched in like R and Tableau, are probably going to struggle with maybe understanding the correct ways or right ways to use this. So I'm hoping in addition to allowing ease of using it, it also provides explanation of what it's doing and why. Otherwise, we're sort of entering a Jurassic Park scenario where, you know, everyone was capable of, you know, making dinosaurs, but not necessarily reasoning if they should be making dinosaurs in the first place, or alternatively, which dinosaurs to make. 
Shared dimensions, um, which would relate multiple fact tables together, is also a feature that rolled out of devs on stage, and also talk about bringing more statistical tools natively to Tableau. So basically allowing you to use Python and R scripts live in Tableau, which seems really awesome and also ties back into the idea of you know more Einstein analytics coming into Tableau, leveraging uh, AI and statistical models to make analysts uh, a little bit more like data scientists. There's also a multi-row calcs and a phrase builder, but one of the things I thought was really interesting was the data orientation page, which would be a page where not only could you put like important documentation and links for users, but it could also provide information to them about like what the filters are are doing to what you're seeing on the dashboard right now, for example. Sometimes you know, a user might not even know that they're omitting this other thing because they omitted this thing. And uh, ideally, uh, the data orientation play page could play a part in doing this, which is kind of cool. Like Tableau's never really had maybe like landing pages as a built-in feature. It's something people make with Tableau to make a more web-like experience. But delivering something like this could open up the doors to a lot more of that. And I'm looking forward to see where that's going in the future. Uh, and lastly, uh, dynamically rendered images in Tableau via image links. So this is pretty cool. Like we all know that one of the things Tableau's not necessarily the best at doing is handling images. Like you couldn't just hook it up to a directory full of image files and it would play super nicely with that unless you put it in like the shapes directory and then you're limited in your rendering. And I've gotten super nerdy here, but you're listening to a Tableau podcast. What are you doing? Uh, anyway, this would be a great opportunity to use uh, like a, like URL web links and allow um, different uh, pieces of data be, to be tied to different images. So it would be sort of a easier way to do that. Uh, and I think that's gonna be really cool. I attended two sessions this afternoon after I first watched the keynote, and uh, that was uh, Eric Baelish's Back to Viz Basics, as well as a speed tipping session. I'm gonna gloss over the speed tipping session because it's kind of hard to you know, go into detail on that. It's a ton of tips really quickly. They're always great and they're always worth watching. Um, but Eric talked about Back to Viz Basics, which is a community initiative that he's working on right now, which is sort of almost artisanal in its uh, efforts where you're taking like a specific chart and saying, let's make a really good version of this chart. So um, focusing, I guess, more on the simple and how to maximize the efficiency of that. He also discussed uh, the Tableau Student Guide, which was first created by Maria Brock, who is a Tableau Student Ambassador. And then she's since handed the project over to Eric, which is a great one-stop shop, which is an overused expression. I've probably said it five times this podcast, um, to get you um, basically all the Tableau resources you need to get started, both in your personal learning, but also engaging with the community, because that's where the learning really starts. So I plan to be back uh, after tomorrow's sessions as well with day two of the conference discussing what we saw in the keynotes there, uh, how Iron Viz went, as well as talking about any of the sessions I see that day. I will say I'm really happy to see Tableau Conference uh, in person. I'm really happy to see so many of the smiling faces there. I actually had a couple of FaceTime calls uh, yesterday from friends like Lindsay Betzendahl phoning me in to say hi to some of the folks there. I regret that I'm not there this year to see so many of the people in person and to see many of the presentations that I'm missing virtually because so many of the best community presentations that are really one of the main reasons to be there aren't making it on the sort of live feed during the conference, but I hope they're recorded and that I can watch them after. It won't be the same as having seen them with people, but it still will be awesome. So with that, I'm going to sign off, let you get back to whatever you're doing, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.
Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. I really appreciate you listening to the Data Plus Love podcast. If you'd like to see more about what we're up to with the show, go to anchor.fm slash data plus love. Just spell it out, not a literal plus sign. Here you'll be able to see our library of episodes as well as interact with them either through polls or comments or leave a voicemail message that I'll put on an episode. You can interact with me personally by joining me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bowders, not hard to hunt down. And if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving a tip for us or signing up for a small monthly donation at our ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Buying a cup of coffee for the show is just $3, and you can get more if you choose, or sign up to give that $3 or more monthly. Either way, I really appreciate it. Lastly, if you'd like to see more of my public data viz work, check me out on Tableau Public. So go to public.tableau.com and search for Zach Bowders. I'm the only one you won't have trouble finding me. I promise. So thanks again for hanging on to the end of the show. I really appreciate all of your listens. And until next time, this has been Zach Bowders for the Data Plus Love Network.